the Write or Die Ghost Tober where I talk to authors who write spooky, scary, or disturbing books and find out all about their writing process and how they keep readers hiding under the covers. Today we have not one but two authors. We have the wonderful Karen Strong and India Hill who both write spooky middle grade ghost stories featuring black girls. Karen is the author of the upcoming Just South of Home, which is coming May 7, 2019, from Simon Kids. And India is the author of The Forgotten Girl, which is coming fall 2019 from Scholastic. How are you guys doing? I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to start with a quick rundown of how you got into writing, how you got your agent, and how you got your first book contract and how you got published the first time so we're going to start with India awesome okay so um I've always loved to write I actually went to college for journalism like print journalism but I think once I got back into creative writing it was when like after I graduated um I worked in news and I just really 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 hated it like it was literally the worst path to be and yes I hated it it's just like it's just I don't know my anxiety and working in news is just too much so I was just like I have to find a way to kind of reroute this so I actually just like quit on a whim and I was like I'm gonna freelance write full-time I'm very impulsive so I was like I'm gonna freelance write full-time like not like full stop And once I tried that, of course, it did not happen in the great way that I wanted it to. Um, The money was not coming in fast enough. And then also I was like, I don't want to, I don't think I want to like focus on my time on freelance writing. I think I want to go back the creative route. And the reason I got back into that track was like through BookTube. And once I like connected with BookTube and like started reading, I was like, okay, I, I definitely want to, like, kind of reroute this again and, like, go the creative writing route. So that meant I had to get a job, like, a big girl job again. And then I started working. I was actually the marketing manager at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and then, like, I had a couple of other audition jobs. Yeah, I, love, I still love Chick-fil-A to this day, but I had a couple of different <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I literally ate it every day when I worked there, and I still love it. But... Um, fast forward, like a couple of other odd men jobs. Um, I got a job at HBO. So that's when I moved to New York and I really was homesick for the South, like really, really, really bad. And so that's when I started like writing like manuscripts that were set in the South because I was like my way to deal with homesickness. And, um, after that, um, that's how I connected with Holly actually. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how I connected with her. We were like chatting a little bit. And once I, I sent her actually a YA novel, and that's how we got, like, I signed with Holly. And then from there, I started working on the Scholastic novel, and it was a really crazy time because I was engaged at the same time. So I was, like, wedding planning and, like, editing this novel, The Forgotten Girl. And it was literally the most stressful that, time of my life. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare, to be honest with you. I couldn't think of two more stress-inducing <laughs> things to do at the same time unless you were literally in labor the entire time also <laughs> but planning a wedding and writing a book yikes That's amazing. okay like, I could how do it. Is this 
And then um, in the middle of all that, I actually moved from New York to throw a move in there, like a cross-country move, because I've been back down south. I know. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is just too much. But luckily, everything, I pulled everything off somehow. I wrote the novel. We moved, got married. It was great. And through that, I was just, like, writing and actually visiting, um, like, because The Forgotten Girl is really heavy on graveyards. So I actually did get to visit some graveyards in my hometown, do some Ooh. research. Yeah, and yeah, did I answer? Yeah, you did. You gave me a quick rundown, and you threw in some Chick Fil A, <laughs> so it was perfect. Um, okay, so Karen, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit more about your um, publishing journey? It's funny because you know, with India, you know, she knew she wanted to write. I actually have been a computer like tech nerd for most of my life. I actually, went to school for computer science, so I didn't even think about writing anything like fiction or anything until later. So actually, I started back writing um, probably in 2006 when I started writing seriously. So I'm what they call a self-taught writer. I tried to go to MFA route, but it didn't work. So I dropped out because the program that I was in was very competitive and it was very mm. cutthroat. And I... Maybe if I had a, went to a program that was geared to writing for kids and teens, but at the time I didn't really know that I wanted to write for kids and teens. So, but um, so what were you writing originally? I was originally writing short stories and adult fiction. So I didn't okay. really start writing for kids and teens until maybe two thousand six ish. Yeah. So okay. I dropped out of school and then I got a master's in something totally different, tech-related, tech and I just started writing on my own. So all through this time, I, I had found one agent fairly quickly, but then that didn't work out. So then I you know, just said, okay, I'm just going to chill out for a while. And then fast forward to 2016, when I found out about DV Pitt, I said, okay, I am going to pitch my book. And then my agent, Victoria Marini, she favored it and then I sent it to her and then we went through about two or three rounds of revisions and then we sent it out and then it went on sub and then Simon & Schuster bought it so it sounds like a short period of time I think it was a whole year but technically it was over a decade when I had started first writing seriously so yeah that's what I think it's so interesting always how anyone who sort of saw what happened from DV especially, Pitt on could say like, Pitt. Mm -hmm. yeah, they could say like, oh, it happened so fast for her, but actually it didn't um, at all. So, um, which is the reason why I wanted to start this podcast because um, it, it, it can seem like things happen so fast for people, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and how long it took them. And sometimes a lot of the things that they're dealing with in addition to trying to become published that are, right. is affecting their lives, like <laughs> moving and getting married and yeah. I mean, <laughs> doing I mean, millions of other things. So true. I mean, there are several <laughs> months and even years where I didn't write anything. So I think for me, it's more of just being, you know, just persevering because what I always tried to tell myself is like, you know, I can't really concentrate on writing right now whether it's something, you know, going on with my day job or something going on with my personal life, it's like, I'm the kind of writer, I can't write when I'm stressed out, 
So it's like the okay. writing will be there for you when you come back to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Um, thank you guys for sharing that. And um, yeah, so let's see. Boop, boop, boop. All right. So those were your um, sort of paths into publishing. So now let's talk a little bit about the actual writing and the craft and ghosts because ghosts, I love it. that's why we're here. Right. That's the real reason. Um, okay. So let's talk research. India, you talked to, you told us, you gave us a little snippet about cemeteries. Can you yes. tell us about that? Did anything scary happen while you were researching? And did you go to the cemetery? Because, like, uh, like, oh it's no. Nothing. Okay, let me just let me just clear this up. It's not like I went on like a ghost tour. Like I didn't go on like a graveyard tour or anything. But what happened is like, so the Forgotten Girl is it's largely about like um, an abandoned graveyard that was once segregated. So it's like a black only graveyard that has been like run down over the years and just totally forgotten about. And so my grandmother's like my grandmother's son, he passed in his five, so he would have been like my late uncle. He is buried in a cemetery in my hometown where, like, the cemetery is divided or it was divided. So there's a clear distinction of, like, all the black people were buried here, all the white people were buried Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, like, when I would go with my grandmother, there was, like, a clear distinction between, like, the blacks only side of the graveyard and the whites only side. Like, the blacks only side, really, it was just mostly weeds and it's just, like, like, overgrown grass and stuff like that. And it just is... It makes it feel spookier than the white we side because that one is like mm-hmm. so pristine and everything is just like so crisp and clean and the lawn is mowed and everything. But now it is getting better. I think they are like starting to clean it up and stuff. And I was saying that my okay. um, grandmother's aunt is also buried out there as well. And something scary about this um, or creepy about the cemetery is so my grandmother is really, really, really afraid of snakes. It's like her number one phobia. And she said that one time she went out there like by herself which I would never but she went out there by herself and she said like there was like this big black snake in like the tree and she was freaked out and I just could only imagine her fear but something else that's like scary that I've witnessed is like so my late uncle and my late I guess great great aunt I guess um their tombstones were facing like totally opposite directions but over time they have literally started to face each other like I kid you not I haven't met literally, literally 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 because my grandmother always used to say it and I'm like I have to see this for myself because I've seen it before when they were like both kind of straighter but it's like at a diagonal they turn to face each other and it's so weird I don't have an explanation for it <laughs> but it is like very spooky oh, so yeah that's, that's, that's spooky I love it it is it's, it's really spooky that's really cool, though. That's such a cool, um, not cool. It's weird because it's not cool. It's kind of <laughs> awful, but also, like, it's interesting. Oh, yeah, the segregated, um, the segregated graveyard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so I went to SUNY Purchase, and um, in, it's in New York, and um, one of, it has one of the oldest segregated graveyards, actually, um, because the school is on the site of what used to be a plantation, but apparently, like, the slaves and the white people were, like, they got along better than 
normal, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know how that would be possible, but they were uh, buried in the same areas. Like, like it wasn't, thing. yeah, so, um, I just, I think it's, like, sort of fascinating to look into that and how even after death, oh yeah, black people oh, yeah. weren't considered yeah. good enough to lay to rest with other people. It's just horrible, and, um, so yeah, um, India, can you sort of give me a, a little rundown of just, like, a quick pitch about, uh, The Forgotten Girl? Yes, so... The Forgotten Girl follows the story of Iris and Daniel, and they're about 11 years old, best friends. They live beside each other. The story opens up where they actually are just, like, exploring their little small town, or their small neighborhood, rather. And they're just trying to, you know, get into some trouble, do a little snowball fight. But they end up stumbling across, like, a gravestone. And so they're like, what is happening? It freaks them out. And after that, like, they run away, and Iris still kind of feels, like, this uneasiness about what happened, and she's, like, the quote-unquote brave friend of the two, so that's not really, like, normal behavior for her, but after a while, we realize it's a ghost, and she was buried in what was a segregated, like, graveyard, and she kind of just wants to be recognized. She's fed up about it, but the thing is, she... Daniel isn't sure of her intentions. Like, he gets that she wants to be recognized and that she, you know, he gets where she's coming from, like, what where she's buried and stuff, but she's not, it's not clear whether or not that's her, like, you know, it's not clear that she's a good ghost or not. Like, mm. is that all she wants to do or mm. is she trying to do something else? Like, what is she mm. trying to do with Iris? So it's not really clear what her intentions are. We don't know if her intentions are her so, yeah, yeah. Like that. I think that so yeah, good. I think India, you said on Twitter that this is about a ghost who's fed up, and I was all in after I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in for ghosts who are fed up. <laughs> I I think I'm a ghost that's fed oh, yeah. up. <laughs> that sounds accurate. So Karen, yeah. <laughs> Karen, um, so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your research pro- process and also a uh, pitch about just south of home? Yeah, sure. So I was that creepy kid. I wanted, even when I was a little girl, I used to read like Stephen King and Dean Koontz and be afraid to go to sleep at night. But I would keep reading these books. Um, I would go into mm-hmm. the woods at night. I was a cr- I was crazy. Um, I. I know. I I I've always wanted to see a ghost. I my great grandma's house. There was a room in her house. It was always ice cold in there because some one but somebody died in there. I don't know who it was, but it was always ice cold in the room. And I remember my mama telling me that one night somebody grabbed her foot and tried to drag her out the bed when she was sleeping over there. Oh, my gosh. That's oh so God. scary. I, it's like I went in the room as a little girl. I'm like, dude, where are you? I mean, speak to me, but nothing. It would just be cold in there. So, But um, for me, um, I have always just loved scary stuff. Um, I was told a lot of scary stories. Probably shouldn't have been told, but that still <laughs> happened. Um, actually, the location, Creek Church, is actually based on a real place in my grandmother's property. It was a burnt-down church, and 
we used to go, we used to find all these really weird artifacts there. And there was a graveyard back there as well. And sometimes at night, if you were looking the right way, you would see like, it probably was a street light, but it was like, the street light was like pale, but it would look green mm. sometimes. But that just might've been my imagination. I don't know. But I never saw a ghost, but I wanted to. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Karen, we you know like what's funny? Opposite, like, I'm still looking. India's like, India's like, no thanks. I'm gonna pass on seeing the ghosts. Um, you know what's interesting? I think before we had like actual like young adult and like those kinds of books, because it's like a fairly new thing that it's like marketed this way towards kids. I think a lot of us went from like like literal like kids books to Stephen King like it was just like the natural progression because I remember I went from like Goosebumps which was you know appropriate for a child to like Stephen King because I was like there's nothing like in my age bracket right now that I can read that is scary and I think it's cool now that there's so much to choose from do y'all remember scary stories to tell in the dark like that Mm -hmm. it was like a collection story so scary exactly that was too scary honestly some of the stuff that I read and watched as a child I know it's like we should be scarred we should be scarred (laughs) but um but yeah for for just south of home um I from my dv pitch I always try to pitch it as a as a blackish meets goosebumps and the reason why I do that is because goosebumps because it's scary but also I pick blackish because it's it really does focus on us on a black family and their interactions with each other also sort of hits on some serious topics as well um so basically just south of home follows Sarah she's 12 she's a science nerd she's obsessed with Saturn and the Cassini NASA space forge that ended in 2017 and She's going to spend the summer. Her mother said, okay, you can stay at home with your brother and you can just chill out. But then her cousin comes by, comes down from Chicago for a visit. Her cousin's named Janie. She's a hot mess. She likes to make trouble. And so Janie says, hey, you know, let's go to this place off limits. Creek Church is supposed to be haunted. And then they uncover that ghosts are actually, it is haunted. Spoiler alert, it is haunted. And so... (laughs) The four of them, um, you have Janie, um, who's the cousin, Sarah, who's the protagonist, her brother, um, Ellis, and his best friend, Jasper. The four of them have to figure out, okay, why are these ghosts here? Why are they trapped? And how can we help them escape and be free? I love it. I'm I'm really excited to read your book. And, like, I feel like we should do a joint I think all three of us should uh, go on tour. We need to go on tour. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost tour. I will make jackets. Yes. (laughs) It'll be amazing. I'll bring Poncho. He'll be our therapy dog. (laughs) Calm us down when we're nervous. Um, So, okay. So, why ghosts? Why did you both decide to write about ghosts and not, say, werewolves? Like, why ghosts? Well, I think my answer was evident. I'm I'm obsessed. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Karen um, is obsessed with ghosts. She wants a ghost bay. She keeps, like, looking for them in the forest. So that's Karen. Hey, any, yeah, any ghosts <laughs> listening to this podcast, hit me up. 
<laughs> Karen, not me. Ghost, not me. Oh my gosh. Um, how about you, India? Why did you decide to write about ghosts? So for me, it's actually not as evident because like, People who know me know that I'm, like, the scary cat friend. Like, if someone is like, hey, let's go look, like, in the woods for ghosts, like, I'm always the friend that's like, no, I'll stay behind. Like, you know, it's okay. Or it's just, like, everyone's trying to watch a scary movie, and everyone's like, hey, like, do you want to watch this scary movie or this rom-com? And, like, I'm the one person that's like, can we just, you know, watch the rom-com? Like, I was always that person at sleepovers. I remember one time there was this, um, there's this street in my hometown called Jack's Playhouse. And it's, like, on a railroad track, and if you, like, ride on it or something and flash your windshield wipers, some, a dead person's supposed to come. I don't even know, but. What? Um, that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so crazy. That's and so then, specific and scary. I feel right? like it has to be true. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, one of my friends actually went, I politely declined, but she said that she saw someone from high school and was like, you know, I thought he was dead, but maybe he's not. I'm like, oh, <sighs> you know. You probably bet. <laughs> <laughs> cannot. Maybe not. Uh, so I'm always the friend that's like hanging back. So the idea of a ghost story for me was like, because you know, people are like, India's writing a ghost story like she's the literal most frightened person. <laughs> but um, I was actually talking to, um, I talked to Maggie Seawater. Um, and I was saying, like, the Raven cycle is really creepy. Like, it's really, it's, it oh, is. the atmosphere is so creepy. And I remember this was, like, maybe, I don't know, like, three years ago. And I was, like, I would love to, like, write something scary, but I'm so afraid of everything. <laughs> and she was, like, um, people who are, like, easily frightened, like, they write really good stories because the reason that they're easily frightened is, like, their mind is taking it further than where yes. it probably actually would right. go. Like, a lot of times. 100%. Yeah, like, a lot of times when I do watch um, scary movies, like, if someone, like, forces me and I'm like, okay, I'll watch it, it's like, oh, I kind of, like, hyped this up in my head. Like, I thought it was going to be way scarier because I thought this, 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 this is going to happen. So I'm like, okay, well, I can just kind of do that for my book. Like, I can kind of take it where my imagination will take it. And sometimes I would write something and it would literally, I would literally scare myself. Like, I was at home writing. I'm like, okay, this is, this is scary. I just seem a pretty cat. And then it was just, like, the idea of, like, conquering a fear of mine because it's, like, okay, you know, I can't just have this fear of, like, fear forever. So I just, mm-hmm. I, like, like. Oh, my God. The kids are going to love this book. I can already tell. The kids are going to love yeah, it. That's, that's so cool. That's really interesting. And I definitely agree that people with overactive imaginations obviously write better books and I was at Boston Teen Author Fest like two weekends ago, and my Airbnb was definitely haunted. Oh, God, I saw and I was like, tweets. I don't like this. And someone was like, You wrote a book called Ghost Squad. And I was like, It's a book, okay? It's not the same as being in the Airbnb with probably Ted Bundy's ghost, okay? So. I was kind of jealous. I mean, it was scary. I was with Kat, and Kat was, like, making a joke of it. And I was like, this is not funny, Kat. If you get haunted, I'm not going to save you. I'm running. Um, so one thing that I think... I'm sorry. I was just... I am jealous. I was so mad. I wish I was there. I can give you the address if you want to stay there. 
I mean, <laughs> good luck. Um, but don't blame it on me if you get haunted. Um, so I think one of the hardest things to convey in writing is fear. It's really hard to make somebody scared um, with your writing. I think it's one of the most challenging things to do. So what did you guys do to make sure that you made your stories creepy and spooky enough that kids would actually get a scare out of it? And do you have any tips for writers who are trying to write scary stories and dialogue and all that? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for me is to convey, like, a feeling of uneasiness. Like, the scariest thing to me is, like, something doesn't feel right. Like, the hair is standing up in the back of your neck, and you don't really know why. Mm -hmm. And I've had, like, oh, my gosh, I've had that feeling before, and it's it's the literal most scary thing that's ever happened to me. Um, So I think that is, that's the the point of it like to convey that feeling of uneasiness and I feel like for writers who want to write scary stories I think it's all in the suspense like I feel like yes. the build-up is yep. with anything it's like the build-up mm-hmm. is more scary than actually like when you're when it happens it's mm-hmm. like all about the suspense yeah and it's also the atmosphere the atmosphere yes, too yes. The, the 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 mood and the atmosphere um mm-hmm. The, the in like what India was saying, just just the, the it's almost like what you don't see and what they don't know yet. It's like what is that, yes. you know? And then that that moment in time where it's up to me to figure out what this is, you know, what is it? And then the fear, like just the 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 character going through the emotions of having to go figure out what that sound is or. Should I go into this dark room? Should I go into this graveyard? What's going to happen to me? It's it's all about moments, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Writing from moment to moment in that while you're in that that space. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I also think that. Um, just leaving it sort of up to the reader to fill it in with their own fears is really important too because in that moment like when they're wondering what it is they're probably thinking of the thing that's going to scare them the most and they end up just scaring themselves um so I think that's great advice um so I think I already know Karen's answer to this (laughs) question but do you guys believe in ghosts I definitely believe in ghosts (laughs) I'm just mad. I, I haven't seen one. I'm just I'm waiting. I feel like he's coming to me because I keep talking about it and it's just going to happen. And I just want to say that if it does, you need to live tweet it because I, I want to be there with the popcorn. Well, it might slide into my DMs after this. You never know. Oh my God, Karen, I can't with you. Why? Really what is happening? <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I feel like, um, I, okay. So I'm like, the easy answer is yes. I do believe in ghosts, but I feel like I believe more so in spirits and like spirits mm-hmm. that aren't with. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one thing, one thing that really sticks out to me is like, um, um, my uncle that passed away. So he, I remember one night, like this was like really, really soon after he passed. So this is not the same like uncle that's buried in the graveyard. This is another one I actually knew and grew up with. So like I remember like very, very recently after he passed away, and like my family were we were all like kind of like staying in one house, like having like a family sleepover, just mm-hmm. trying to like 
know, like, grief together and stuff. And I remember we were, I was just, like, in my room sleeping, dreaming about something so totally random, like, just, like, being at a fair or something. And he, like, walked through it. And so I was like, this, like, you're out of place in this dream. Like, I could see if I was, like, dreaming about you, but this, it's like, it was just really random. So I thought that was so weird. So, like, the next morning at breakfast, um, everyone was, like, talking, and I was like, yeah, like, I dreamed about, you know, Tony last night, and they were like, like, stop lying. I'm like, why? And they're like, so did we. So it was like, we all had, like, goodness. Yeah. No, I just yeah. got chills. I hate this. <laughs> wow. So yeah, he's like he came to visit everyone. Yeah, was... like he came to visit everyone because it would be different if I like went to sleep and I had a dream like about right. him, but it was just right. so out of place and he just like walked through the dream. I'm like, what is going on? And so like everybody wow. had a dream or a dream and he just like kind mm-hmm. of walked through it sleep. So I do believe oh in gosh. stuff like that. And then my friend just mm-hmm. like um I think it was Claire Bell was saying, like, um, I had a, a friend that I feel like I witnessed her being possessed. I don't know. Excuse me? It's, 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 excuse <gasps> me. We're not, what? Ghosts and demons are two different things. <laughs> yeah. Karen's like, demons do not slide into my DMs. I just meant ghosts. <laughs> so I feel like it because she's like, I don't know if she's so desperate. So I'm going to ask her, but she was like so much of a sleepwalker. And she would always be the one to have the weird dreams, like someone grabbing her foot in the middle of the night or someone sitting on her bed in the middle of the night. And so then she is like, we were watching a scary movie and it was like really late. Like it was getting late. It was a slumber party. So it was getting really, really, really late. And everyone was like overtired and we were still trying to stay up because no one wants to be like the first person to go to sleep at a slumber party. And then like through the night, she just started acting so weird. And we were like, Sierra, are you do you need to go to sleep? Like, it was just, like, her whole personality change, and I was like, what? Like, mm-hmm. it's, 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 so she was, like, kind of playing and joking, we think, but then also, I'm like, did I witness, like, what did I witness last night? And we talked about it the next morning, she was like, oh my gosh, guys, last night was so crazy, and we're all kind of crying, and like, <laughs> everyone's like yeah it was crazy like backing away slowly that's a that's a friendship deal breaker for me if any of my friends get possessed we're done right <laughs> but yeah. but do, do, do either one of you guys do y'all believe in a place being haunted like just because of such traumatic events that have happened in a place I do. I, I, do. I, 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 yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I, I think that I never really considered it until I went to like really, really old European churches mm-hmm. and I walked in and the air just felt heavy. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt different. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And it was like a place where like saints were buried and it just it just felt haunted. And ever since then, I was like, yeah, I, I do believe in haunted places 100%. Yeah, I do too. One in New York. I wonder if we're talking about the same one. It was in New York. And, it's like, I went up to it because, like, the architecture was so nice. But I've, like, the uneasiness was, like, out of control. I was like, I cannot even, like, I don't even want to stay here for more than five minutes. I have pictures, though. Oh, yeah, pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I did take pictures. <laughs> so funny. How about you, Karen? Um, what was the question? 
<laughs> you asked it. Oh, about haunted places. <laughs> I'm sorry. Focus, Karen. Focus. Yeah, I, you know, it was funny when, when India was talking about um, segregated graveyards and in my town mm. you know we we didn't even have the luxury of having our our people buried with white people they, they we just had an all-black cemetery and so that's where everyone still goes I mean even though you can go quote-unquote to the white cemetery everybody still puts their loved ones in evergreen cemetery and just most of my family is there and it's funny because, you know, when you think of the weight of a, of a place, sometimes it could be like, you know, benevolent. But every time I go to Evergreen, because literally all my family is there, I just feel at peace. I feel like, you know, they're watching over me in a way. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So haunted doesn't always have to be scary. Um, right. So that's very true. And that's a good point to make. Um which is funny because for in my book Ghost Squad because I also wrote about but yes. uh, ghosts um, <laughs> um, my my main character does live in a haunted house but the the ghosts are her dead loved ones so it's like her grandmother and like her great uncle and like people that she knows or doesn't know but she still grew up with because she got to know them as ghosts and they protect her and watch over her and they're still gossipy and funny and protective and they talk about cleaning the house every weekend just because just never ends um so um so what do you both think that your books bring to the genre especially since you have black kids at the center of the stories well for me in particular I think especially you see some, well, I, I, I really don't think there has been a lot of ghost stories um, featuring black kids. Um, I think a lot of them either harp on like either slavery or something traumatic happening. And, and mm-hmm. obviously in my book, something does tragically happen, but instead of focusing on the very, very high, high level of, you know, almost sounding like a history lesson. I wanted to to mm-hmm. narrow down on the very specifics of a of a family and how that particular thing affects them, and not make it so wide lens. And so, also, I really, really wanted to have my black kids have agency and to say themselves. So I don't. I didn't want somebody mm-hmm. from outside solving the problem for them. And I didn't want to have it sort of come from an outside lens. So I think I really wanted to concentrate on the Black Southern culture, which I think I did. And I'm sort of happy about that. Yay. That sounds really cool. And yeah, you don't want to have a white savior story either Yay. for your Black kids. Let them figure it out for themselves because they can. They can. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important for for young kids, especially kids who are have already been told or are going to grow up being told that they can't be certain things, um, having fiction reflect the fact that they're just as worthy is so important. And I'm really glad that you're you got to write this book and that kids are going to have it in their hands soon. Um, how about you, India? I feel like my story. I feel like even though it is a ghost story, there's a lot going on. There's still like that sense of hope 
just like mm-hmm. you said, a lot of the time with black stories, it's traumatic and it's just sad. And as a cancer, even though there is something traumatic that happens, um, there's just like this overall sense of hope. Like it's not like a story that's going to weigh you down. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, my story is both perspective, so I do have um, a protagonist. Daniel is one of the protagonists. And I just wanted to write not only, like, a really cute boy-girl-best friend duo, because um, they're very, very loosely based off of my two cousins. They are 11, and they're, like, boy-girl. And it's, they're so funny together. They're, like, best friends. Aww. But also, I wanted to kind of see just, like, a young black boy going working through his emotions. We see in, like, the beginning of the story, his father passed yeah. away, so there's, like, that grief. And then also, why can we communicate with this ghost but we can't communicate with my dad? Like, he's trying mm-hmm. to work through mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. just kind of going through those emotions in ours is, like, you know, the, the quote-unquote brave friend. But it's kind of letting her know that, okay, if you're the brave friend or if you're, like, the brave girl you don't have to be brave all the time. You don't have to put everything on yourself all the time. And then for Daniel, who's kind of like the more cautious one, like it's okay for you to work your feelings and be cautious and, you know, only be brave when you need to be. Like you don't have to go around like portraying like this big brave person that you're not. Like it's okay to be cautious. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be brave. And it's okay to like switch roles if you need to. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's a really important message. Yeah, and what I yeah, what I also love about me and India, we're both from the south, but yes. I wanted to make it we're still but see that still doesn't make us a monolith because my story takes place in Georgia and her takes place in South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Or North Carolina. North North Carolina. But they're still two separate black southern cultures. They're very different. In which I like Yeah, yeah that that's so cool. And it's so interesting because I think people who are not from the South, people who are not mm-hmm. Black would probably be a lot, like, very sort of just lump it all yeah. into sort of one category. Yeah. Um, even just all Black stories into one category yeah. when it's it's it shouldn't be that way. There's a lot of differences. The same way, you know, a white person from New York is going to be very, very different, different from a white person right. from the South, yeah, you so know? It's, yeah. It's completely, yeah. I'm actually excited to read India's story because even though it's set in the South and set with Black characters, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some things I'm going to even be, you know, learning about it because I don't really know that much about that culture. It's very different. Um, and obviously, I'm so excited for your story. I remember when, um, like, you announced your deal, and I was like, yes. Like, when I read the little description about Black issues, I was like, this is a story I need in my life. Like, I know I'm reading a ghost story, but it's so different. And I just, I cannot wait to read it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Me either. I'm excited for I'm excited for all stories. of our stories. I yes, I yes. really I am so happy that the three of us, I mean, here it is, three women of color writing about children of color in a middle grade, which definitely needs more middle grade characters of color. And just 100%. it's just mm-hmm. I'm just so excited for the kids more than anything because they're gonna be able to see so many different versions because I think especially in middle grade right now, they're only seeing one type of version. And there's so many different types. And not even the children of color, all kids, because, you know, I think it's beneficial for all kids to be exposed to all different types of cultures and experiences. So it's a win-win for Absolutely. everybody. Absolutely. It, it definitely 
teaches empathy from a very young age. Yes. If you're able to read about people that are different from you, then you don't grow up to be a horrible racist, hopefully. <laughs> um, I think it, it definitely it can help in that capacity. <laughs> it yeah, it can definitely help. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're being taught bad things at right. home. Exactly. Having having an opposing view um, and told from, you know, even though we're adults writing these books, it's told from the kid's perspective. And I think that's important for children to read be, and they'll be able to relate to it more because it's not an adult telling them or talking down to them. It's, it's a kid that they can relate to and say, hey, I'm not so different or mm-hmm. hey, they're just like me. Mm-hmm. And that's right. really cool to see. Because exactly. I know I didn't have any books like that growing no. up you know I had the house mm-hmm. on mango street yep. that's yeah. it <laughs> so so that's so exciting so can either of you and this you know if this is something that you either of you can't talk about we don't have to include this in the in the final cut but are there stories that you're working on for the future that we can know about uh, well let's just say I'm working on another story set in the south Okay, yes. exciting. I mean, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of my stories are going to be set in the South, so I don't need to do I think I can say I'm working on another story in the South, um, but the difference is this one is YA, so that's exciting. Nice. Um, and it follows a, a, like a best friendship, but in high school, and two girls. Instead of boy-girl middle school, it's of two girls that are best friends in high school and their differences and how they navigate them. But it's also a really heavy influence on rap, feminine rap. So I'm excited. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Any books that have to do with like rap or hip hop are my favorite yeah. ever. I'm really excited for um, Tiffany Jackson's yes. book that's yes. set in the 90s. Yeah. That's going to be so cool. And of course, of course, um, Angie Thomas is on the come up, which yes. comes out in February. Oh, um, and that she wrote actual songs for mm-hmm. and made beats and mm-hmm. everything. Cannot believe it. So cool. Um, okay. So just because this is uh, the ghost episode, you're not going to get away with not telling me either your uh, most embarrassing publishing related story or something that you wish you'd known before you started. Now, I personally love hearing the embarrassing stories. They're my favorite. But you don't have to share that one if you do not want to. Do I feel like embarrassing reference to me? I'm trying to see. <laughs> Let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. So, <laughs> when Holly gave me the call, um, you know, saying, like, she wanted to offer me representation, I was like, the day was already so hectic, so when she called me, I was just already, like, rambling, and we were talking, <laughs> and I said something along the lines of, yeah, I think I recorded it, like, in, like, a novel before, but I think you, like, rejected it, and I was like, wait, why would I say that, and it still haunts <laughs> me to this day, <laughs> like, why would I tell her that I heard something bad that she didn't want? Like, maybe she wouldn't have never remembered or whatever, but I was like, why would I? And I was so happy when I said it. Like, yeah, I think it, but, like, he rejected it, but, you know, it's okay. Right. It haunts me to this day that I said that. And, I was like, and that, that could have also been, like, like low-key passive-aggressive. <laughs> right. Like, my other story, this is great. Or something. It was just all bad. Like, 
I think about it from time to time. I'm like, I hope she's alive. Let me be reminded if she listens to this podcast. That's true. That's sweet, though. Hi, I love your agent, by the way. I am. I actually listened to her on a podcast episode uh, recently. She is a badass. Yes, I love her. And I actually, when I was in New York, I got to have lunch with her, like, in person. I'm like, she is so amazing. I really feel like she's, like, like we're on the same page all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, she has mm-hmm. Well, we all have badass agents, so I think we're all good. Yes, you do. We really do. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, Karen, I, your turn. I don't really have an embarrassing moment. I guess you could count this podcast as an embarrassing moment. No, but <laughs> why? <laughs> you did. It's not. You've done a great job. Right. Well, I actually, you know what? I'm so paranoid that I probably I don't have an embarrassing moment. So I will just say what I wish I had known before, when I first started was just to calm down, just calm down because mm. there's so many things that you can stress yourself out about that you have totally no control over. Exactly. And the, the writing is the only thing you have control over. I know um, we're all in our debut year right now, upcoming debut year next year. And there's so many things that would have been freaking me out. And I have to remember, just calm down. The only thing you can control is your writing and, just write the best book you can, and then try not to stress yourself out. Calm down. <laughs> that's what I would tell myself. Calm down. Yeah, that's. I think that's really important because I think it's really easy to sort of freak out about everything and anything when you when you um, start out and when you don't know how things work. Everything seems like a huge deal. And yeah. the truth is there's a lot of waiting and a lot of being patient about things. And... Usually nothing is as urgent as you think it is also. I think that's definitely something yeah. that you learn yeah. as you go on in this in this wild ride of publishing. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, can, you, can you both tell um, our listeners where they can follow you online? Yes. Yeah, so oh, okay. oh, sorry. Either one of you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'll just say it. Um, so you can follow me on on Books and Big Hair everywhere. Books and Big Hair, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I think Snapchat as well. Do you also use Snapchat? No, I just use it for the filters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Snapchat. Oh, Snapchat. <laughs> yes, Books and Big Hair everywhere. I love that handle. Thanks. Yeah. And um, you can find me at Karen Musings everywhere. I'm on Twitter mostly because I'm on conference calls during the day. So that's where I pretty much am. And on, on Instagram as well, Karen Musings. And then my website is karen-strong.com. Perfect. And um, we will be on the lookout just in case that ghost ever does slide into your DMs. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried for you. Yeah, I'm a- I've got to say. about it. I hope he has a, I hope he has an estate that he needs <laughs> to manage. I love that. Oh, I see. So you just want to use the ghost. <laughs> you use the ghost. Are you scared of his remaining? A ghost sugar daddy. That's what I want to <laughs> Oh man, a ghost sugar daddy. That is perfect. I think a book.